Hello again. This is Digging for Something, and I am your host, JJ. So, when I was younger, I would hear, you know, getting old is not easy, but as you get older, you start believing it. Uh, I don't know what it is. Once you hit 40, like, <laughs> life over 40, everything changes. Uh, physically, I'm talking about. Mentally, just as sharp as I always was in my own mind. Uh, but physically, it just it just is not the same. And uh, I had mentioned uh, I think a couple of podcasts ago that I played tennis uh, for the first time in a long time, which was great. Um, but though my mind and body were not in agreement, uh, but I enjoyed it and I played again. But I'll tell you what, you know, after you reach 40, you, you want to exercise, you, you want eating right is always going to be a battle, but. You know, you try to exercise, but even some of the simplest exercises, you wind up just getting these nagging little injuries. Uh, during this COVID period, um, I used to go for, for runs, but man, I, I couldn't run two days in a row because then my knees would be hurting, my feet are hurting, so I'd have to take time off, and it just, it's these nagging little sores, and it's a struggle, and um, I played tennis a couple times, and the you know, first time, it was my hip. Uh, the second time, man, I, my shoulder is still bothering me a week later. And, uh, yeah, my shoulder, it's kind of a – actually, both my shoulder and hip, these are old injuries that, I guess, um, you know, once you get injured, you know, things stick with <laughs> stick with you forever. So all you do is just kind of re-aggravate them and – they start flaring up on you, but man, uh, and the thing is, while I'm playing, everything's fine. Uh, you know, the shoulder, you know, certain movements, you're like, oh, little, you know, a little pinch here, um, you know, a little, uh, little sting there. But then, at the end of the game, it's like your arm's just hanging there. And then uh, the next few days, it's like, oh, oh. And the funny thing is, is it doesn't bother me for most things. It just, just some movements, and it's just like ah, oh, oh, like there's just a certain spot that you hit, and it's just like, just pain going through you, and it's, it's the, uh, the most frustrating thing. And you know, I, I love playing sports. Uh, I can't even imagine uh, playing something that's <laughs> that'll uh, actually have a, a lot more uh, physical. Um, I mean, not activity, but, you know, rougher. Like, if I play basketball against some uh, some of these young guys, and I've always been the type of player that, you know, I, I don't mind banging. Um, contact does not bother me at all. Uh, I actually prefer it. I, I like physical games. But how the hell am I going to survive after a game of basketball? Um, so I've actually chosen to uh, play basketball inside my uh, place with my son, who's eight. Uh, we have a little basketball hoop in my room, and uh, I dominate him. Oh, yeah, I dominate him. Uh, and, of course, I do not let him win. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just dunk over him just because it's funny. <laughs> or I'll block his shot. 
and just say, and don't get that weak stuff out of here. <laughs> but he loves it. But that's the funny thing about it. He loves it. He's just, he always wants to play one-on-one. So I, I try to create a, a rules to make it fair. And once again, I don't, I don't believe in letting uh, your kids win. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I do think you need to take it easy on them, but um, I've never been a fan of a or participation trophy. So I'm not just going to let them win. Uh, let him win. I'm, uh, I let him feel good and make shots. And uh, so what I've done is um, now when I play defense, I will be in front of him, but I cannot lift my arms up. So all he has to do is really shoot over me. I can't jump or lift my arms up. So it's a matter of shots. In, and uh, I cannot shoot within three tiles of the basket. Um, my tiles are what? 20 by 20. So uh, basically everything's a shot, no layups. And um, I, I still beat him, but he, he kind of likes it because he, he does, he, he does score without me giving it to him. Uh, I, I, you know, he scores over on p- positional defense, but you know, that's, that's what I'm playing right now. Actually, he's the one who probably gets injured because I'm so much bigger than him. But, uh, um, you know, the, the, that, that I haven't been injured yet. Um, so maybe that's what I need to, to, uh, stick to. Um, but yeah, I'm going to keep playing and hopefully, uh, my my body will catch up to my mind and uh and they'll they'll be in sync uh it, it just it, i guess it's just time uh it's been so long since i've i've played these sports and things like that my body's just not used to it so uh, hopefully um the more i play the 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 better the the soreness will get i'm sure we'll still have some recovery period will always take longer as you get older but uh the important thing is to keep going out there and not overdoing it and uh, kind of find, uh, finding where your limit is and uh, and kind of not going past it. It's easier said than done, especially if you're competitive, but uh, sometimes your body will just tell you <laughs> when it's done, it's done. So uh, anybody out there who can relate, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, now, I've kind of... Uh, the last few podcasts, I think I've stayed away from uh, politics uh, just because it's it's basically consuming everybody right now in, in some form or another. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the election um, for this episode. And uh, I'm already done with it. I am done with the run-up to the election. Um, I thought once the two parties had their no- nominees – running mates, everything, uh, it was going to get interesting, but, uh, honestly, it's just, it's, it's unbearable to watch at this point. And, um, pro, I would say 75% of the people out there already know who they're voting for. Um, so everything that's out there, everything that we have to listen to is for 25% of the people. Uh, who may be on the fence. It may not, not even be on the fence of uh, who they want to vote for, but who's on the fence of whether they're going to vote or not. Because it's kind of two different things. Uh, knowing who you want to vote for is one thing, but uh, actually making the effort to vote is another. Uh, some, it's just not that important to them. Um, others, they don't like either candidate enough um, or they're just not strong enough. Um or strong enough supporter for a particular candidate and um or they just really despise both of them 
Uh, so um, a lot of the news cycles and advertisements and um, town halls and all those things and um, rallies, it, it's for it's for those 25% that still don't know who they want to vote for. And 25%, that might be even conservative about that. It's probably less than that. But, um, you know, at this point, I, I don't even watch Fox News or MSNBC. Because we, we know um, which party both those channels lean towards. And CNN... Um, Probably not as strong as MSNBC, but uh, um, we know who, the, which side they lean towards. So I don't, I don't want, I don't want to hear the biased coverage and uh, the slanted coverage, and because um, both were both or all those networks, they'll they'll hear the same speech and <laughs> they'll interpret it differently. And um, at the end of the day, it's. Up to us. We we need to we need to decide for ourselves. We don't need uh, a pundit on a on a news network. That's really not a news network. It's uh it's a biased news network. Um, to to tell us what we just saw. We, we need if we can't figure it out on our own, we really shouldn't be the ones be allowed to vote. Um, if we need to hear what um. Anderson Cooper says, or what uh, Tucker Carlson says, um, if they're going to influence who we should, you know, who we should vote for, we should not be allowed to vote. Um, we need to be able to have the capacity on our own to vote for who we feel is best. Um, and anybody who is influenced that heavily, um, and I know it's not. It's not the right thing to do, but yeah, they, they shouldn't be allowed to vote, but that's just my opinion. Um, and I'm allowed to have it, but uh, we should be able to, you know, have the aptitude to decide on our own uh, without the bias. And I don't know what it is, no matter what channel I watch, and it can be Rizzolian Isles on Lifetime. It can be a Hallmark movie on um, Hallmark Channel. It could be the um, Shark Tank on CNBC. Um, a baseball game on one of the Fox Sports channels. Every other commercial is a Biden commercial. How much money have they raised? They have more commercials run than I have ever seen. And most of them are the same things. What kind of what I find funny is um, some of the things on the commercials uh, they walk back on, and but they still run the commercials the same. Uh, for, one, for one example is um, in one of the commercials, Joe Biden states that about uh, the coronavirus um, response that if he's president, he's going to mandate uh, masks, but yet uh, himself and um, Kamala Harris both walked back on that and kind of said they they weren't for a federal mandate, uh, just kind of pushing it, uh, recommending it, because uh, really federal authorities are not going to police it. It's up to local authorities, and if they don't agree with the mandate, they're not going to enforce it. So uh, the, the FBI, um, you know... Um, 
federal marshals. They're not going to be going all over the country trying to uh, enforce this. So uh, realistically, they, they probably knew they couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, they, they're still playing the advertising with the same thing. Um, uh, but I don't know what it's like. I'm tired of seeing Joe Biden in front of that podium. Oh, how many commercials are going to have the same thing in front of the podium? Um, I mean, it looks like he's, uh, he's addressing a high school. Uh, it just, I mean, it just, how it blows my mind how many commercials are out there. And, uh, and then, and then you have, every time I go to my mailbox, you know, half my mail is some kind of Trump flyer and I don't read any of it. Um, and with the Biden commercials, usually, uh, if it's something I'm recording, I just fast forward anyway. And, uh, you know, I use, I don't watch commercials anyway, but, um, between that and all the mail I get from Trump, which is, you know, gets thrown away or shredded or um, we all know it's not all going getting recycled. <laughs> we kind of go against the climate uh, or the environmental <laughs> positions of Trump. But, um, you know, all that mail, uh, it, it's just going to be discarded. And then, well, how many emails from both email after email um, just it's just an overload and you know at a certain point it's just too much um let let the country live their lives without everything having to be about the election and i both sides want to try to make it seem like it's the most important thing in the world um and i've said this before this country is built for it can survive a bad president so if either of them get voted in, whether they're good or bad, this country can survive. It's, uh, it's happened before. It's, uh, it's, it's going to happen again. So, you know, we don't need this overload of just election, election, this, that. Um, Trump is failing to do this. Trump is failing to that. Uh, Biden is going to create this. Biden is going to create that. He's going to ruin this. He's going to ruin that. And I kind of, one of Biden's commercials that kind of, uh, I don't know, it bothered me a little bit when he was talking about Obamacare and showing when he was sworn in, um, said he was sworn in to, was it the Senate or Congress, um, the day that his wife and child were killed in, a, in an accident and kind of showing pictures of that. And I don't know, it just... You know, it's kind of the same way I, I hate reality TV, hate it with a passion. Um, I think some moments are, you know, should be kept private and not for public consumption, not for, not to kind of make money or get position based off that. And it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I wish he would not do that. Um but other than that, it really, it just, we we know what both their positions are. We know all they're going to do is, most of what they do is, um, you know, Donald Trump is going to uh, scare you to think that Joe Biden's going to bring this country down. 
Um, it's it's going to be anarchy all over the place. Um, taxes are going to be raised for everybody. And then uh, Joe Biden's going to say Trump is just going to divide everybody. Uh, the rich is going to get richer. The, the environment's going to uh, disintegrate. So we know what both their platforms and what both their positions are for, for most things. Um, there's still a month and a half. Um, you know, let, let us have some of our time. Um, that, that's why, you know, the NBA, they, they have to be careful of, uh, and actually all other sports, they have to be careful of uh, how much, you know, political stuff they're going to be putting in their product because, you know, and that's why I've said before, I, th- I think in the NFL team should just stay in the locker room uh, during the national anthem um, because we have to deal with enough stuff in our lives and our sports is our break from our reality. Um, we can watch football and enjoy the game and not have to work, concentrate on uh, if we lost our job or if we fur- were furloughed from uh, COVID-19, um, it gives us the break. So we, we don't need sports to uh, just continue to harp on the same things we're trying to escape from. And um, I'm not saying um, I should not be misunderstood and say, well, some say you know, tell a, a basketball they show up and dribble. I'm not saying that. Um, I, I believe user platform and I'll stand up for what you believe in, but at some point, the games are an escape for us. And if just like I don't want to watch Fox News and I don't want to watch uh, CNBC or MSNBC because I don't want to keep this stuff in my face at all times because uh, you know we live our lives and we don't live our lives for every issue that that um, a president uh, their their platform. Um, our our lives are too granular for most of that stuff. We uh, most things that get argued about will not impact um, many of us. So uh, we don't need it to consume every single part of our life. Uh, we need a break. A lot of people say they don't want to watch the local news because it's all just negative and death and this. You know. We, we want our lives, we want to enjoy our lives, spend time with our kids, spend time with family, friends, and and not always just have to worry about this or that. We know the election's there. And once again, even though I said it's only 25% of those undecided to try to, or those undecideds and the ones who don't know if they're going to vote yet or not, that they're trying to give, um, get their message to. And it's not even that many. So, and... Uh, I'm looking forward to this election to be over with. Uh, whoever wins, wins. Uh, whoever wins is going to be the president. And uh, we'll have four years of that person as our president. Um, and that's just the way it is. And we all got to live with it. Um, we don't. If you don't like the person who's elected, live with it. Move away. It doesn't matter. They, they're elected. That's it. It's... Um, you know, I've been voting for, oh, what? this year it's going to be, what, almost 30 years? And 
not every election the person I voted for has won. <laughs> and when the results were uh, tabulated, it was like, oh, oh, darn it. And oh, well, it is what it is. And I moved on. It doesn't matter. It's because you can't change anything. You just have to accept and move on. And that's what I say. We don't need Lady Gaga with a megaphone outside of a bullhorn saying, not my president, not my president, or um, somebody else who will move away because Barack Obama was elected president. No, we don't need that. Whoever's elected is our president. That's just the way it is, except move on. That's it. And with that, I will move on to <laughs> another topic. Um, sadly, within the last week, uh, one of our Superior Court justices uh, passed away. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, died at 87 years old, and she spent almost 30 years on the Supreme Court. And um, whether you agree with her policies, politics, or opinions or not, um, you still have to respect the fact she was on, on, on the bench um, and rep represented the uh, Supreme Court, um, worked for every citizen of this country. Uh, you have to respect that and that and and give her her due. Um, no, she was there for almost thirty years, and um, how can I say this without sounding insulting? Well, so when you get appointed to the Supreme Court, you're you're basically there for life until for the rest of your life, or until you re re resign from it. Uh, many have died well have been on the bench. Um, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg died at 87. So she was on the bench at 87. Um, I want to be honest with you. Somebody 87, I don't even want them to drive to the corner to buy a gallon of milk at the store. Um, and I don't know. And at least what I want them to um, have a say in decisions that affect millions of people in this country. And I'm not saying, and this is not a shot at Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, she could have been as sharp as attack. I don't know. Um, obviously I've never met her, but it's kind of scary uh, when you think about it. And I, I'm not, I'm not um, very knowledgeable about the history of the Supreme Court and I, I know in the past, uh, and we were talking over a century ago, where there were, there were justices on the Supreme Court that didn't even have a high school diploma or a law degree. So uh, things have definitely changed the Supreme Court, and I think it's it's been over a century since we've had nine Superior Court justices. We had, that number hasn't changed uh, for over a century. Um, but I, I just think at some point, you know, there <laughs> the person is just not as there as they once were. And once again, I don't know about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, how she was, how cognitive she was at eighty-seven. Um, she's she's had health problems, um, and she because of her health problems, she might have. Or she might have resigned from the Supreme Court if it was a different president, if it was a Democrat president years ago, uh, the last or within the last four years. But uh, 
maybe she stood on, stayed on because uh, Donald Trump was a president and she didn't want her seat to kind of be lost because she, she is a liberal. Uh, she didn't want it to be, um, she didn't want to be replaced with a conservative. So I don't know if that's why she was still on 87 or not, but I, I think at some point, um, I don't know if the appointment for life is the best thing. Um, it's worked thus far, so I guess it's really hard to argue, but um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a it's something that should be discussed or debated or not. I don't even uh, since there are nine, maybe you know if somebody's up there in age and isn't doesn't have all the same faculties they they used to have, um, they can be compensated for by with the other justices. But I don't know. Uh, there, there, are, there, there's quite a few younger ones. Uh, I think under fifty right now. Um, so or close to 50. So uh, maybe that balanced um, the ones who are over 80. Uh, So now it is the argument of the Republicans want to obviously replace that seat now, uh, since it's a Republican president and a Republican Senate. Uh, The Democrats want to wait till after the election because they presume um, Joe Biden will be elected, and that seat will go to uh, one who leans the Democrat side. And let's be honest, whichever side you fall on, you have to understand the other side as well. Uh, I, I understand both sides. I understand why the Republicans want to replace it now, and I understand why the Democrats want to wait. That's just politics. That's the way it is. And um, of course, there's going to be a fight, and um, right now, the Republicans control the Senate, but there's quite a few uh, Republicans. I think there's three or four uh, that are in in uh, election years for their seat, and and they may lose their they may worry they're going to lose their seat depending on a, if a justice is elected this year or not. Um, so they might not have enough votes to confirm, um, but it's, it's, it's going to be a fight and it's just kind of a continuation of, of the uh, election. Uh, I mean, it's kind of its own isolated thing, but it's something that I'm sure Donald Trump is going to get on his pedestal and Joe Biden is going to talk about behind his podium on his commercials, wherever they're date, wherever they're filmed. And it's uh, whether, uh, who knows, who knows if it happens or not. Um, you know, if a Republican, if Donald Trump uh, appoints one now, you know, is three months enough time to, to have it um, confirmed by the Senate? Or are there things that can push it? I mean, at the end of the day, I think we have more pressing issues than uh, nominate. You know, we can work with eight justices. Um, we don't need one immediately. Um, <laughs> now, the Democrats, <laughs> their presumption is that uh, uh, Joe Biden's going to win the election. And <laughs> if Donald Trump wins, it doesn't matter. So <laughs> Donald Trump could win. And he said, OK, we waited for you. Uh, we wait to stop the election. Uh, let's appoint my uh, my nominee. 
<laughs> so uh, it might be a moot point anyway uh, <laughs> after the election, since really uh, it's it's still close enough where we don't know who's going to win. Um, and you know, I know I'm going to oversimplify it right now, but it seems like when we talk about Supreme Court justices, there is only one issue that is kind of presides over everything else. It's abortion. Um, the worry is that there's too many conservatives on on uh, on the bench that Roe versus Wade will be overturned. And of course, um, they they're the pro choice advocates want to have enough liberal um, Democrat nominees on the bench to ensure that Roe versus Wade does not get overturned. So that seems to be the overriding issue when we talk about Supreme Court nominees. Um, Yeah, I know there's other things, uh, gay rights and things like that, but I would say probably the last 20 years um, when I've been kind of aware of what's going on, it's it's been about abortion. Um, need enough liberals to keep it and um, Republicans or ultra conservatives want more on there to try to reverse it. So uh, that will probably um, weigh heavily right now on uh, the Senate and uh, and those who are pro um, nominee now or pro wait till after the election. And when I see an, an issue like abortion, to me, it's a very hypocritical issue um, because you have the liberals and you have the conservatives. I'm not talking about the moderates because the moderates um, tend to be um, to vary on um, what they're for and both. And I'm talking moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans. Um, you have some moderate Republicans who are pro-abortion, and you have some moderate Democrats that are um, not. But one thing that I think when when I say it's uh, hypocrites on both sides is is I'm talking about the not not technically not necessarily the extremes, but you know the the ones who lean further away from moderates. So the the, the real liberals and the real conservatives, where the real conservatives are against abortion, but f- for the death penalty, and the liberals are against the death penalty but pro abortion or pro-choice is maybe the correct term. Um, And I just think they're conflicting ideals um, because the ones who are anti-abortion, it's about protecting life and about life and life and life, but yet say somebody deserves to die. Um, even, Even if the evidence isn't always there. And then you have the liberals who pro-choice abortion should be legal, uh, but you know no matter how many people uh, somebody might have killed, 
uh, their life should be spared, but they're, they're okay. Many are even okay with abortions that take place when that fetus or child or baby can't actually live outside the womb. Um, so that's why to me it's, it's hypocrisy. And I've, I've said this so many times about hypocrisy in politics. And, and I think Sorry, I uh, needed a water break. And I, I really do think that um, this is, and once again, I may be oversimplifying things, uh, but when you look on the surface, it's just hypocrisy on both sides. When you when you look at um, abortion and, and capital punishment. Uh, and there's as many who who are against abortion, against capital punishment, or um, for abortion and for capital punishment. But we're really talking about the ones who lean really the furthest away from the middle on, on the Republican Democrat side. Um, now, I can give my personal opinions and what I believe on both issues, but I prefer not, um, um, but I, but I will say, I am not a hypocrite on the issue. Uh, uh, I am not for one and against the other. Um, so, uh, doesn't really say which one I'm for, and again, um, but it is what it is. Um, it's always going to be those one of those hot button uh, polarizing topics that um, will always kind of be at the forefront when it, when we're talking about the Supreme Court and um, the uh, the issues that come uh, before them. Um, I, let's be honest, Roe versus Wade. This was, I think, um, in the seventies. So we're talking forty years later. Uh, it's still something that both sides, uh, it still resonates with. So um, obviously it's it's a huge, huge issue. Um, but I, there's so many other cases that go uh, by the Supreme Court and um, that obviously if they're more liberal, you know, you can expect certain um, decisions, and if it's more conservative, you can expect uh, certain uh, decisions. But you know, there are some cases where justices kind of go against the party line. Um, it has happened. It's happened this year. Uh, it's happened where uh, conservative justices have kind of gone on the liberal side of uh, some of their decisions. So it does happen. Um, but I think for some of the major ones. Uh, that's what actually people look at um, when a judge is selected. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, so between that and election, this is what's going to consume us for the next couple months. Uh, you know, election election days. It's it's getting here, um, and you know, once again, I think everybody should vote. It's the right. It's our privilege. Um, 
And it is our voice. Whether your voice gets heard or not, <laughs> and whoever you voted for, whether they actually get voted in or not, uh, but it is your voice. Uh, you cannot be heard unless you cast that ballot. Uh, so everybody should vote. Um, I'm going to vote, and I'll, I'll, I'll most likely go to the precinct and vote. Um, you know, that's what I've done for however many years, and I've, I've never had, I had an issue. I don't, I've never had to wait a long period of time. I think the longest I've ever waited in line was like 10 minutes to vote. Um, I'll bring my hand sanitizer, I'll wear my mask, and so I don't think these precincts are, you know, most of them are, most of them, you, you'll be able to vote, and uh, yeah. get your voice get your out there, and uh, whether it's mail-in, absentee, or at the precinct itself, vote. That's it. Vote, vote, vote. And with that, I will end this episode. If you have any comments, feedback, uh, topics you want me to discuss, uh, feel free to send me an email at digginforsomething at AOL.com. And if you're listening via the Anchor app, you can also leave me a voicemail. Thank you for listening to Digging for Something. I am JJ. And I will see you when I see you.